and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod Welk, back in the saddle with my co-conspirator, fellow cowgirl in beauty news crime, Miss Diamond Creek Bomb herself. Wanted, dead or alive. <laughs> She's actually in Los Angeles. We're going to see each other tonight, which will have been two days ago. When you listen to this, I can't believe you start your day with beauty news like this every Thursday. I know it's my midday thing. Yeah, I can't York. imagine just like trying to get into it in the middle of the day. Like to me, it's like I'm thinking about it all morning. I'm mentally preparing to sort of go there, you know, emotionally, psychologically, mm-hmm. you know. But like for yeah. you, you're like, okay, like make a decision about a product and then turn on your computer and start talking about yeah. beauty news. I'm like approving. I'm like, oh, typo on 50,000 boxes. <laughs> Got to scrap those and reprint. <laughs> Just kidding. And then you're like, wait, but like Lizzo launched a shapewear line. Why are you in LA? I'm in LA for a wedding. A nice spring wedding in Malibu. Don't know what I'm going to wear yet. You can't wear white. Oh, shit. It's my first wedding. I don't know these things, but anybody <laughs> tell me. No, I got a dress. It's like a royal blue ruffle silk chiffon thing. So Is it a Panina Tournay? It's... Yves Saint Laurent. <laughs> okay. But it's from the real real. Okay. I did splurge for the first look membership where you pay like $30 a month and you get first dibs on all the clothes that come in. That's an interesting idea. Can I say what my issue with the real real is? It's a free country. Number one, it's not a luxurious experience to shop on the real real. Like, why does it look like a web 1.0 website? <laughs> They need to like rebrand to like double R or like, you know, like something that makes it feel like you're having a luxurious experience. It feels like you're literally on a consignment website from 1999. Yeah, but I think that that's like part of the fun of shopping consignment. But then my other issue with they the have real to real scale. is it's not like, that much cheaper. Uh, no, I would say there's it's definitely... like 20 percent or 30% cheaper. But like I want a bargain basement, you know, I want Filene's basement prices <laughs> sometimes you go on there and there's i've seen this happen there's like a ysl or row handbag that's actually more on the real real <laughs> because they're like sold out and so they're like selling it like stock x style the funniest thing i think that they should actually have a report this item button because sometimes they totally fuck it up like whoever is like putting the clothes on the mannequin puts like a maxi skirt as like a strapless dress on the like that's <laughs> ralph lauren didn't make that that's a skirt or like they'll have like when you shop at Isabel Morant, the bags that they give you are fabric tote bags. I've seen those free bags that you oh, get geez. just from buying shit at the store on the real real for $70. <laughs> I mean, my like I've looked at like Ramoa luggage on the real real and it'll be like used, but like the same price. It, like $200 just, like, like, cheaper or something. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not the difference for me. Like I need Ramoa for $200, not off. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're a vintage shopper, the real real is like... Which I'm not. Men can't really be vintage shoppers. No. Men's styles have changed too much. Are you a Poshmark girl? No. God, no. Talk about... Are you a... What are the other ones? Depop? No. I don't want to see Riff Raff. I don't want to see... What's the brand that they use? Massimo from Target. I don't want to see Brandy (laughs) Melville. I want to see just... I just just want designer. Shoot me. So you're saying that you were the one who was responsible for the no Brandy Melville rule at Glossier. (laughs) Was that a thing? (laughs) Wasn't that in that article that came out a few weeks ago? 
that like someone said that if you worked at Brandy Melville, like our, like our aesthetics don't align. It's like, I, I don't even think that's true, but it's kind of amazing if it is. I would say that probably at a certain point, the Brandy Melville customer was very much the Glossier customer. Yeah. So you I know? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that Yes. The article that we chose not to address. It was nothing new. I didn't read it. We were both reached out to participate. Neither of us did. That kind of like reporting, I felt like was very misogynistic. It painted a picture that it was run by a group of mean girls when there's public knowledge about the company of who were the people and like the positions of power there. And there were a lot of men and there was no mention of that. So I just found it like very strange in that way. Yet like the writer chose to focus on what the supposed inner circle like war and words that they like it just I skimmed it again just because it kind of grossed me out. Can I say what one of my issues with this article and the article that was in Business of Fashion about the fall of Glossier, quote unquote, is that a lot of it is opinion and anonymous opinion that's presented as fact or as like journalism. And there's a reason that neither of these articles were in the New York Times. Do you know what I mean? In the Business of Fashion article, there was a quote from a quote unquote anonymous beauty investor that said that Glossier like wasn't relevant anymore. And it's like, what does that mean? And an, that could mean that anyone. Non- that could literally mean anyone who's like bought a beauty product. You could call an investor in a beauty brand. And number two, it could be someone who also is invested in a competitive brand and benefits somehow or in some way from negative press about Glossier. Not to say that like there aren't like issues in the company that I have no idea about full disclosure, because I don't. But I just think that this age that we're in, in which you can just get some ex-employees to like talk some shit and then have some anonymous beauty and anonymous, anonymous sources. And anonymous ex-employees, anonymous sources, and then these like sources for data that like, I was like Googling the sources that they were using. And it's like, there are startups that use one percent of credit card transactions that rep- you know like it's not real data you know Glossier is a private company so any headlines you read about sales declining and all that stuff is all like extrapolation and yeah. interpretation and it's not hard data that said that said that said that said oh my god i have an arts and culture Two words. Bad vegan. Did you watch it? I watched it. Okay. So for those who haven't watched it, Bad Vegan is like a four or five part documentary series that debuted on Netflix a couple weeks ago. It focuses on the rise and fall of a restaurateur who started a vegan restaurant in New York, a raw vegan restaurant in New York called Pure Food and Wine. And then an outpost called One Lucky Duck, which was like takeaway food. And they had one in Chelsea Market named Sharma something. And she's a beautiful blonde girl who almost married Alec Baldwin. You have to watch the documentary. There, to under- yeah, there's a brief Hillary yeah. Hilaria mention. Hillary. <laughs> Hillary. Yeah, there's a brief mention of her. Anyway, a couple things. Like one was, you know, if you lived in New York around the time of Pure Food and Wine, because now it's kind of hard to believe that a place that served raw vegetables and called it lasagna would be a thing <laughs> and like a fancy restaurant and like a trendy restaurant. But it was. Oh, Nick Axelrod. Welk. I remember your days at Who Kitchen. At least that's cooked. Like- <laughs> but there was this fascination 
with this restaurant, Pure Food and Wine, essentially what happens is the owner of the restaurant gets involved with a guy that she meets semi through Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh, yeah. They followed each other on Twitter. So she was like, oh, this guy's she legit. Thought, because yeah, Alec exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then basically he turns out to scam her, but like in a really crazy way. And it's worth watching if you like true crime, if you like hating on veganism and how close it is to like fake woo-woo mysticism. Not that veganism is bad, but one of the points they make in the documentary, one of the talking heads who's interviewed says something like, in the Venn diagram of vegans and new age philosophers, there's like a very big overlap because if you like buy into a raw vegan diet, essentially implying like you'll buy into like whatever. Have you ever lent money to someone? Because I keep on watching these documentaries and it's like a textbook thing with these men that scam women. Okay. Can I answer your question? Yes. <laughs> One time I did. I didn't, it's not lent it. Here's what happened. My co-founder in Necessaire and I had just filed our trademark application for Necessaire and I got a letter in the mail that said, thank you for your trademark application. In order to appear in like the official trademark database, please send us like $1,300 or like $1,500. And I was like, okay, like this is obviously something I should do. <laughs> And then I wired it and then I like started Googling it and I was like, wait, and it turns out this is a scam and we got the money back, but it took a lot. We had to like involve like the fraud people at the bank, but there are these companies that follow trademark filings and then they'll send these letters and they create a database. So they're not lying. It's like a legal thing, but it's not a database that you have to be on. It's literally like the who's who books, you know, like where you could pay mm -hmm. to be in them, but they're not mm -hmm. like an official anything. So that was the one time I like fell for one of those like scams. Aww. Have you ever fallen for a scam? I've been blackmailed. For what? Oh my God. It was such a dark, honestly, like it keeps me from forming really close relationships with people too quickly to this day. One of my best friends had moved abroad. We always meet up and go to music festivals together or like concerts or we travel different places together. There was a girl that kind of hung around. I think she was dating a guy in a band that we were friends with. And we were kind of introduced and we were like, okay, cool. Let's travel together to this music thing in a different state. I just like don't want to give too many details because this girl like totally freaks me out. She had a camera the whole time. She was like documenting like the whole trip, like from the airport to like on the plane. The biggest red flag was right when we got on the plane, we were going down the aisle and Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> The actor was like, this is like getting into a seat. And I'm like so weird around famous people. I like don't want them to know that I like know who they are and like treat them any differently. And she like freaked the fuck out and like totally made a scene. <laughs> I was like, this girl's insane. Anyway, she had been filming me the whole time, even when I didn't know. And so we were talking about life, boyfriends, work, whatever, you know, as you would commiserate with a friend. Nothing insane. I mean, but I was also like, what, 24? four years old and didn't understand the magnitude of different things and everything seemed like a huge deal. Anyway, this girl ended up being insane. I remember we were like sitting in broad daylight in LA traffic and I like had this rental car that I was driving us around and she, she cut up a line of cocaine on the dashboard <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck are you doing? She was insane. So I had to get away from her. She had paid for this like hotel room. She claimed that she like bought my tickets to like this 
music event that I used and then I suddenly owed her money and then the amount of money that she was saying that I owed her was insane and then she was saying that she would tell my work and my ex and like all these things that I said so yeah I ended up like giving her the money really yeah I mean, think about it. I was like 24 years old. Yeah. It feels heavier and like the stakes feel so high when you're young about that kind of stuff. You're like, oh my God, Jane Pratt is going to find out that I cheated on my no, boyfriend. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Jane Pratt. You're like, Nick Axelrod is going to find <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Actually, it probably was that same time period. That's a nightmare. Oh, well, I, I feel like we should at least talk a little bit about the beauty industry. Mm, right, right, right. Let's do it. So, Annie, you and I have a little bit of competition. It turns out body care is all the rage. And the latest entrant into the space is none other than former Neptune's producer turned musical act turned entrepreneur Pharrell. Human Race launched a humidifying body cream. Oh, we knew that he was in. They did a buffing bar knockoff, too. Yeah, they made a bar. It sold out in 24 hours, according to Women's Wear Daily, quote. The sellout stories are fake. I just want to say. The one thing I find is interesting is that I've been using, I bought the initial set, the Mm -hmm. Human Race three-step series, Mm -hmm. and they call it like refillable. But unless I'm missing something, you're basically, it's like you're refilling plastic with plastic. So Mm -hmm. the only thing that you're not having to like, I guess, buy again is like the outer piece of plastic. I don't get it. I will caveat that with like, there are certain formats where that kind of plastic pod within an outer pod are needed or do actually reduce waste because the formula itself needs to not be exposed to air. And also, like, maybe they don't want to, like, pump it up with, like, preservative steroids. So, for instance, Tata Harper has a refillable one that has one of those flat pump tops. That's what this is, yeah. Oh, this has a flat pump top? Yeah, so that, otherwise you'd have to throw away that pump component every time, right? So you are saving the pump top. No, this is the whole thing that you get in again. You throw that whole thing away every time? Yes! Okay, no, 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 that's not okay. The Tata (laughs) Harper one, you just buy, like, the pudding cup refill, and it has a plastic... Or like a foil lid that you peel oh, back see, and that's, you keep that's, the pump part. Okay, that's smarter. This, you throw away the entire like pump apparatus. No, 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 no. You're not saving any plastic that way. Otherwise, look, it's just cream. So anyway, like I, when they call it refillable, I'm just like, really? Are there any like retinoids in that product? Like why does it, does it in theory even need a it airtight? It has 8% glycolic acid and 2% fruit AHAs. Like I'm wondering if that even needs a pump. I hate to dip my fingers in a product, so I like the airless pump. Well, you're going to hate his body cream. I know. (laughs) It comes in an open jar. The body cream does have bacchiole, which is a natural, quote-unquote, alternative to retinol. With very little scientific studies to back it up. Well, you know what? Take it up with Pharrell. I would love to. Pharrell, please, for the love of God, come on this show. (laughs) No, he's not going to after we just (laughs) said that. Anyway... Why don't that's a great segue into your pleasing review? Oh, okay, was shocking to me. Yes, okay, so thank you for bringing that up. I requested and did not receive the PR package for pleasing by Harry Styles. I've requested it many times and been (laughs) denied every single time. Oh, I thought we got it. I was on one of those emails. Yeah, no, did you ever get it? No, but I just figured like I'm chopped exactly. No, nobody got it. (laughs) 
Nobody got it. So what I did, I did what any determined journalist would do. I set my alarm for when the drop for the latest collection was. I went on the website and I bought every single product. It came like a week later and I was actually really impressed with the packaging because, and it actually fits well with our sustainability rant just now because it was all in paper. So it was all the products were in boxes, but there was no foam or plastic to be found. The boxes were all matte cardboard boxes. So like not, you know, like shiny where it can be harder to recycle with these crazy trippy 70s inspired illustrations on them. They were just like very smartly designed boxes and like they're really colorful. It was like a fun unboxing experience. Like each of the polishes was in a paper box. They had a little note that was like how much PCR content was in the boxes It didn't say Harry Styles anywhere on them. It said pleasing on the inside of the box, but not on the outside, which I thought was nice and a cool note. And what I didn't realize is that when you take the nail polish out of the box, it looks like a keyhole. Like the cutout is a keyhole, which is very like Alice in Wonderland acid trip kind of thing. So like I found the whole packaging experience particularly impressive. Look. Mm Oh, it's like a very like through the looking glass kind of thing. Anyway, I went to the manicurist with a bottle of my own polish because I know that you can do that. And (laughs) Nick's like a hack, manicure hack, (laughs) bring your own polish. Manicure hack, you can bring your own polish. And I got a nice like a mint chip green. Now, a Mm -hmm. couple things I have to say. My nails, even the ones that are not fucked up, like they don't look like perfect. I feel like lighter colored nail polishes are just really hard to look perfect. Is that true? Yes. And they also take longer to dry. Lighter colors? Yeah. Anything that doesn't have a pearl in it, anything that's not super shiny and has to have like a white base. So like any lighter color is going to take like forever to dry. Really? Yeah. Interesting, because I did notice that. So is that why everyone gets gel manicures? Because they're perfect? Yeah, they instantly... Have you have you ever had a gel? No, I've never had a gel. But also, like, with a light color, you can see all the streaks. You know what I mean? That might just be either the formula, the brush, or the manicurist. Yeah, I don't know. But it just seemed like you would have to have, like, an hour and a half to, like, sit at the nail salon to wait for your fingers to dry. Imagine doing that on your toes and trying to wear tennis shoes after <laughs> Like you, you can't wear tennis shoes. You can't wear closed-toed shoes for like four days if you paint your, nails, <laughs> your toenails. It's true. Anyway, the nail technician thought that the packaging was really fun. It has like this little marbleized dome on top of the polish. I don't know. I just thought it was fun, and I I take back. I don't take back what I it's said. It's more of about, a novelty purchase than it's a novelty purchase. It's not like a lifestyle brand. I'm not buying into the pleasing lifestyle. But I do think that it was executed really, really well. Like the packaging, I think that the product assortment is really random. Like nail polish and like a facial serum and a hand cream doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, maybe it's not supposed to make sense. That's Harry's approach to beauty. Did you see him in his little smocked feminine top on his? (laughs) That looks like what do you call what do you call a feminine top? What? A blouse. A blouse. Oh, I thought this was a gay joke. That is a gay joke. Is that a word in the gay vernacular? I mean, it's not a popular one, but it's more of like a punchline anyway. Other beauty news. It's been a relatively light week. We have a new entrant, a new competitor to Skims. Do you want to take it away? 
Yeah, Lizzo and Fabletics are coming out with, I want to get the terminology right because shapewear, I feel like they would, huh? That's the name of it. The brand is called Yitty and she is calling it shapewear. I figured that they would come out with a cute different name for shapewear. I don't know. Yeah, so that's happening. It's size inclusive. She's doing it as a collaboration with Fabletics, which is the Kate Hudson co-owned, co-founded brand that is kind of like a cheaper Lululemon, I guess. And we wish her all the best. It comes in sizes, I will say, differentiator, because I think Skims, let's see what Skims goes up to. Skims.com. This is just reminding me, we haven't done an UGG review in a few weeks. I was just looking at the website the other day. Let's see. Skims goes up to 4X. Lizzo's brand, Yitty, will go up to 6X. So XS to 6X. And Yitty, for those wondering, is her childhood nickname. Sorry, guys, if you're hearing the fan on my computer, I'm not at my normal recording set up and after going to skims.com my computer has overheated so (laughs) like many people (laughs) who go to skims.com it's just too much but so we didn't cover the academy awards and we probably should say a little bit about it nick and i have prepared a statement about the incident just kidding um (laughs) timothy chalamet wearing no shirt i usually love him he can do no wrong in my eyes this was a misstep for me i didn't find it Mm -hmm. charming or cool or interesting Disagree. You liked it? I loved his little matador look with his no shirt. But like wear a shirt. Wear like a simple shirt. Why? It's like a black tie event. Wear a shirt. Who are you? Wear a shirt. I loved his little lace details in the sleeve. It was great. If he had worn that with a shirt, I would have been like, oh my God, best dressed. Sean Mendez, great fitting suit. Can I ask your opinion as like a suit wearer? I mean, uh, that's you, a stretch, but you- yes. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, <laughs> sweatsuit wear. Can you, <laughs> there you look go. up Jamie Dornan and tell me about the fit of his suit at the Academy yeah. Awards? He wore Valentino and... It's just a roomy cut. It's very roomy. Okay, I'm looking. The bunching and the sleeves. Speaking of which, Rami Malek, amazing fitting suit. Jake Gyllenhaal and his gorgeous girlfriend love them so much. Oh, Jamie Dornan's suit fits horribly. Okay, so it is a fit issue. So yes, so he's wearing Valentino, obviously an Italian brand. Italian suits, with the exception of Prada, it's like, you know, an Armani suit, like where it's a little bit more generously cut and that's sort of the aesthetic. That's what this is screaming to me. His pants are also like really, it looks like he didn't even know he was going to be going. It looks off the rack. It looks off the rack. I agree. Because then you look at like this kid, Cody Smith McPhee. Oh, kills it every time. Designers love him. He's wearing a baby blue Bottega suit, looking phenomenal. And then you're like, okay, this was literally sewn onto him. And then you see Jamie Dornan and it's like baggy and Comfy weird. Comfy boy. Comfy yeah, boy. Yeah, I don't really get it. Rami Malek, I thought this was incredible and like a perfect way to wear a casual tuxedo. And Jake Gyllenhaal, like, will there ever be someone as handsome as Jake Gyllenhaal? I'm I more of a Javier so. Bardem. I like them like... I mean, you know that I famously think that Penelope Cruz is the most stunning woman in the world. They're the most stunning couple in the world. Oof, I agree. I agree. Imagine my horror watching Vicky Cristina Barcelona thinking I was going to enjoy it. Kristen Stewart, she needs to stop wearing Chanel tap pants. Listen, um, the way you feel about Chalamet, I feel about Kate Stewart at this event. I agree. She needs to stop wearing tap pants. Like, stop wearing Chanel. I know you're like, have to wear Chanel. but you know, Chanel makes a lot us. of different clothes. They'll literally make whatever you want. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets, though, in recent history was one of case two at the santa barbara film festival where she looked 
freaking incredible. <laughs> and it was like, case dude did not have to stunt on Santa Barbara this hard. <laughs> but she was like, that's what she should have worn to the Academy Awards. My Oh, can I tell you my women best dress? And then it's your turn. I know who it is. Gabrielle Union oh. in like this chocolate colored, form fitting, long sleeve kind of crystal embellished gown. Stunning. And Anya Taylor-Joy, beautiful. Not a new silhouette, but beautiful. It was like a corset plus like a long sheer black dress underneath it. This was at the Vanity Fair Oscar party. And then my number one, Julia Fox. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jessica Chastain. I am a Chastainiac and like I am over the moon that she won an Academy Award for her portrayal of Tammy Faye Baker. But here's what I have to say about Julia Fox. She is the moment. Are we in a good moment? Are we in a bad moment? I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But she is it. She was wearing a black leather or faux leather, I'm not sure, dress that was like a molded leather bodice that had a molded hand as the halter. So like a hand, you know, around her neck. Grasping her neck. Grasping her neck. But like a monster hand, like clawed hand. And then she had her signature at this point black heavily cat eye she did it herself eye makeup and incredibly red bloodshot eyes which people were speculating was like her being stoned i think it was intentional but how do you do i was thinking that too how do you do that intentionally i don't there's probably like a red drop or something i don't know there's probably like some sort of a drop to like irritate your eyes that she like wanted to look kind of like bloodshot i have a one to watch who i think was one of the best dressed who kind of just popped out of nowhere for me because i follow her makeup artist who we've actually had on the podcast tasha rako brown anyway her name is demi singleton she's a Mew Mew girl and she's worn Mew Mew a couple of times but she wore this beautiful strapless lilac column dress it's not fully maxi because it ended at her heels and it just had the most beautiful sateen shine to it and then all these like flower encrusted embroidery she played young serena williams i just think she looks incredible i mean this color is like stunning on her and she killed it and tasha actually did her makeup for the academy awards as well zoe kravitz looked amazing she was wearing a baby pink pretty traditional gown but like she just she did it the right way the right her after way. party look was very reminiscent of the famous. There's this French movie that gets posted on all the little like inspo, fashion thought Instagrams, Insta- yeah. inspo Instagrams of the woman with the backless black dress with the turtleneck. And yeah. Zoe wore the white version for Genius. this after party and looked great. You know, we're getting just the hint of the butt crack at the yep. top. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> classe. And then my last one, Lupita Nyongo, like gold. A sequin with a floral applique. I thought it was like beautiful, but she also could wear nothing. Did you see Lily James? I know. I love her. She looked great. I was a little upset at this. Speaking of the most beautiful couple alive. At Penelope Cruz you're looking at. I just thought... Like, what is she? Why? Who is that? Chanel? Was she Chanel. a Chanel? She's a... Yeah. yeah so she has to wear Chanel. Chanel, Chanel is like well, not good. <laughs> something's going on. It's very matronly. It's never been good. The joke about Chanel is that their bags are the only thing that have ever been good. The clothes have always been horrible. Nick, I just bought a Chanel dress. But like, is it a vintage Chanel dress? Yeah, it's vintage. That could be good and cute and kind of like in a vintage way, but like... No, it's very modern. Have you ever seen the ready-to-wear? It's just like tacky. I haven't because you can't like buy it anywhere. You have to go to the I store. I used to have to go to Jeffrey to like look at it. And I'm like, why am I looking at girls' Chanel clothes? I don't know. Good question. 
I have a product of the week that I'm very excited to talk about. Should we do that? Let's do it. The invasion of Ukraine by Putin's forces has resulted in incredible tragedy and human rights violations. And people have been trying to figure out for the last few weeks, especially people with ties to Ukraine, artists, nonprofit workers, et cetera, like how best to like get money to Ukrainians in need. One of the ways, and this also happened, we saw this with the beginning of COVID when the hospitals were overwhelmed. There was pictures for Elmhurst. Do you remember that campaign, which was like a bunch Mm -hmm. of photographers donated open edition works of theirs to an organization that you could buy like for $100 or maybe it was $150, you could buy a print that was only available during the sale. And it was like everyone from Inezin Venute or William Wegman or Alex Soth, or it could be any number of people. And the proceeds would benefit an organization helping the Elmhurst Hospital, which was really overwhelmed with COVID patients. So the artists in the world are banding together once again to start raising money for Ukrainian organizations and just general like global aid organizations that are helping with the Ukraine humanitarian crisis, one of which is called Prints for Ukraine. So I have looked at all of the different print sales, charity print sales, so that you don't have to. This one is by far the most amazing. A lot of them, it's like a lot of just fashion photographers, which can be nice. But like, if you want more of like an art uh, photographer or something that's a little bit more than like, it could be in a fashion magazine, which is what I'm into at this moment, direct yourself to printsforukraine.com. Among the artists, the incredible artists that they've gotten donated works from, Philip Lorca de Corsha, who is, I don't know if you know him, Annie, but his work in W Magazine with Joe Z was like phenomenal. So he only very briefly did fashion work with Joe Z at W Magazine, but he's an art photographer. He did an amazing series of male prostitutes, gigolos, that is like worth checking out. There's a book. Philip Lugard de Corsia, Alex Soth, Yelena Yemchuk, Jurgen Teller, Dan King, The Posternacks, it's Robert Polidori. You might not know his name, but you'll know his work. And each of the prints, there are several from each of these artists, are on the pricier side, they are $175. It's a 10 by 12 inch print. And the great thing about ordering a print through one of these sales is that all proceeds are sent immediately to charities. Make sure you're donating to one that is vetted. You can literally Googling like Ukraine charity print sale will get you to some resources like on W Magazine or Wallpaper, etc. Anyway, printsforukraine.com. Proceeds go to Voices of Children, which is a Ukraine-based aid organization that provides psychological support to children who've witnessed war, and Kiev Independent, which is an English-language newspaper for overlooked journalists who are covering the Russian invasion of Ukraine at great risk to their families, homes, and their personal safety. They also say, and I like that in full transparency, they anticipate that 85% of the print price will be sent to the organizations outlined because there are some overhead expenses. You can get some beautiful works from a moment in time to add to your collection while also supporting the Ukrainian people and various important charities. So which ones did you order, Nick? I ordered a Philip Lorca de Corsia because he's never on these charity print sales and I just love his work. Are you good about framing these things? I have an incredible framer in LA, so I've gotten good at it because I like 
had a bunch that I hadn't done anything with and now I've done some stuff with. My favorite framer in New York is called Rose's Gallery and it's in Chinatown and I just don't go to Chinatown anymore so I haven't had anything framed in so long. Do you think it's bad to keep stuff rolled up? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. I am not sure. Somebody DM us and let me know. Well, my product of the week is a budget buy from our friends at Ulta. I probably single-handedly contributed to their 40% increase in sales in Q1 of this year. Basically, there was a product that I used to love, and it was from YSL, and it was from their Touche Clot line, and they made a line of color correctors of their Touche Clot pins, and they mm -hmm. made a very sheer, light green shade that is really good at covering redness, so I would dot it around my nose, because my nose will sometimes get red around the nostrils, or any like hyperpigmentation or zits that I have on my face, and then you like go over with concealer. And I had been running out. I realized that the brush head was probably like super unhygienic because I've just been using it straight on my zits. And I was like, I need to fix this. So I did some digging on Reddit to see what the best color correctors are. There's surprisingly not a ton of options out there for light green color correctors that are not in like a hot pour, really thick cream. Because I'm not looking for like movie magic, like color cancellation. I'm looking for like everyday undetectable sheer formulas. So there's a brand called L.A. Girl. L.A. Girl? <laughs> it sounds like something you'd pick up in like a blister pack at Rite Aid. And I think at one point it probably was. And they do a line of color correcting concealers that are the exact formula I need. Somewhat sheer. They come in different colors for different needs. The product is called HD Pro Color Corrector Concealer. Oh my god, they have so many shades. You guys are going to love this. It comes in a little tube with a brush tip applicator. I've decided my new application method is to squeeze a little bit out onto my hand and then dip a clean brush into that and apply it. Or I'll mix it with the concealer itself on my hand and apply it. But I'm not putting that brush tip directly on my zits. And I got it in two shades. I got it in the green color corrector which is a darker green. It's actually too dark for me. It's more of an olive -y green. So if you're like a medium skin tone to darker skin tone olive and you have redness that you need to cancel, that'll be really good for you. For me, I'm quite fair. And so I need the mint shade and it's just a light green sheer. How can you figure out what color you need to correct with that you need like an orange or a red or a green? Like, how do you know? Well, it's like the opposite of the color of if you have a color wheel, and you're dealing with redness, the opposite of a red shade on the color wheel is green. So Got if you it. have purple under eyes, the opposite on the color wheel is yellow. But anyway, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different shades to choose from. What the what? They have peach, they have darker orange, yellow, they have lavender, cool pink, light yellow, and then they have a flat white, which I think is great to have on hand so you don't have to buy a new foundation and concealer every time, like, you lose color or gain color. I like just being able to, you know, adjust the color of my foundation day to day. So I do have a couple of color correctors that are in bigger bottles that I'll actually mix into my foundation. But anyway, day to day, use this LA Girl HD Pro Concealer Color Corrector. I use mint. Guess how much money it is? $3.99. $4.99. I was very close. What do I win? So, Vanna? Bob? You win... My company tonight at dinner. Yay. And you're going to meet the mysterious new person in your life. Boyfriend. To be continued next week. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music is by Danny Presant, and our cover art was by Simon Abronowitz. You can follow us on Instagram at Eyewitness Beauty. 
be sure to send us all your tips. You guys are the on the ground eyewitnesses. If you didn't already catch that from how we've like branded this podcast. And what else? Oh, Patreon. You can rate and review us. There's been a flurry of activity on our eyewitness beauty Apple podcast reviews. Mostly very good. Some very unfair, I think. But I think this person just needs help. I feel bad for whatever. We send love and light. Honestly, love and light. (laughs) Just know it doesn't affect me or Nick either way. (laughs) But we do, we appreciate reviews. We appreciate you sharing good episodes. Fill us. Just the good fill ones fill us. us with so much love. And what else? Hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com, Nick at eyewitnessbeauty.com, Annie at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Oh my God. When you guys buy the product of the week and tell us about it, also brings me joy. I agree. Anyway, so love that. you all. Annie, I'll see you tonight. I got to go get shit done. So long. 